So we're back in this famous and gripping account of Jonah. It's possibly possibly the most famous story in the Bible. And it's entertained and fascinated generations of children for thousands of years. The God of heaven and earth is taken on by Jonah, the rebellious prophet. God says, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh, the desert city, and I want you to tell people there I've had enough of their immoral ways. Jonah says, um, actually, you know, that doesn't sound so good, but there's this town in Spain on the coast that looks quite nice it's called Tarshish. God says to Jonah, Jonah, go to Nineveh and tell them they need to stop the way they're behaving. Jonah says, mm, Spain seems kind of nice this time of year. So desert city where people probably won't like him or the seaside. Jonah chooses the seaside and so he sets off on a boat to go. But even then there are adventures at sea and God sends a storm. And there's a, a, the, the, soul, the, the men on the boat think they're going to drown. So they throw Jonah into the sea to quell the storm. Jonah starts to sink into the sea, but he suddenly he's incarcerated in a sea monster. And so he has this near death experience in chapter two, where suddenly Jonah realizes, actually, I'm not dead. I'm not going to drown. I seem to have a second chance. The rebellious prophet has a change of heart and this is where we pick up the story today where Jonah is in the belly of this great sea creature, whatever it is. There are more twists and tales to come in the story but this is where we'll, uh, we'll jump in today. Now whether you uh, look at, read the story of Jonah as a story that God has given us for our education, for our encouragement to challenge us or whether you take the story of Jonah as a historical account of a man that really happened the lessons are the same, irrespective. The lessons are the same. First of all, let's take a look at that, some of that passage that was read to us by Alison. It's, a, it's Jonah's prayer, and it's actually in the form of a psalm. Many psalms in the Bible are written in this way, where you go from peaks to trough and peak to trough. So you'll see it on screen. Let me read the central part to you right now. So Jonah says, he's in the belly of this sea creature and he says, You hurled me into the depths, Lord, into the very heart of the sea. And the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. So he thinks he's finished. I said I've been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. And he goes on to say, what I have vowed I will make good. I will do what you said, because salvation belongs to you. Jonah has been saved, literally. And many Psalms follow this path, don't they, from desolation, from consolation. From uh, to to a place where we feel we feel we just can't cope anymore, and although uh, Jonah's situation was pretty unique, uh, the situation where we feel at life's end, where we feel at the end of our tether, where we feel in the depths, where where we be, where water is swirling over us, that is not an uncommon feeling for all of us, for any of us. Many of us feel we've been to that point in the abyss, looking over the edge, calling to God from the pit sinking in the sea 
It's a fairly common human experience. Sometimes we even have to go to such places to learn something new about ourselves and something about God. Sometimes God has to uh, take take a sledgehammer to our lives and sometimes it's because we choose a different direction to, to God that God allows these things to happen. Uh, certainly in my life I've had occasions where I felt down in the pit, down in despair. There was one occasion where uh, years ago working as a young man in I- India I worked. I went to a very rural town in a place I I didn't know. Ended up uh, very, very isolated and lonely in a place with no running water, electricity for a couple of hours. But more importantly, very, very isolated. I was a Christian, but I wasn't really following God. And I had. I went to this place where there were no other Christians and no church for hundreds of square miles. And it took that to make me realise, actually, I need to depend on God more than, I, more than I was doing. And sometimes God needs to take a sledgehammer to our lives to teach us dependence on him. I went in, in one direction, God called me back in another. Maybe you've had uh, situations in your life where you've taken a decision or gone into a situation which you thought you could handle quite well, you were fine, you didn't really need God, but it all went wrong. Maybe it was a situation, maybe it was a a situation of employment, maybe a relationship. These are big, uh, big events in our life that can go wrong sometimes and we realise we need God. But they don't just have to be the big events where we go in the wrong direction to God. Often, every week or even sometimes every day, in small ways, God says come in this direction and we go in another direction. Uh, Every time we, we know we should be spending time with God, but we just waste time we spend time just watching even more netflix we're going in the opposite direction to god or whenever we lose our temper and have angry words that we didn't need to say but it felt good to say them we're going in one direction when god calls us in the other direction particularly now in these days when we're cooped up together and tempers can fray but the great news is god didn't give give up on jonah Jonah got a second chance and God doesn't give up on us. We also get a second chance. Even when we give up on ourselves sometimes, God never gives up on us. Sometimes he even uses our poor decisions to bring us closer to him. Sometimes our poor decisions can take us into situations like Jonah or like mine when I was in that town where we learn persistence, courage, dependence on God, a closer walk with God compassion for others who might be in the same situation jonah went in the opposite direction to god but god pursued him to give him a second chance and you know god is always ready to give second chances god always wants to give a second chance even if you've been traveling in the opposite direction to god maybe in a big way maybe you've ignored god for many years or maybe in small ways where we know we've just let god down let me tell you about roy regals roy regals was an American footballer almost 100 years ago who played for UCLA, the university team. You'll see a picture of him here. And this story starts on New Year's Day in 1929, uh, where at the Rose Bowl, a big venue, UCLA were playing Georgia Tech. Now, during the first half of the match, something really odd happened. Roy Regals grabs the ball, catches the ball, but somehow... His mind's in a spin or he's in a spin and he spins round and starts running in the wrong direction. 
In fact, he runs back towards his whole his own goal. He runs for 65 yards before one of his fellow teammates catches up with him and tackles him and brings him down. It's a, an amazing situation. Watch this video now. This video clip, by the way, is almost 100 years old. So it's not high definition, but have a look at this. Blooper for all times. Now about the most famous case of misdirection in the history of football. Wrong way, Roy Regals retrieves a fumble, then rockets 60 yards to the end zone. Roy, great play, wrong way. Now you may have missed that. It's a very short clip, so I'm going to show it you again. Okay, watch for Roy picking up the ball. He's meant to be going in this direction, but somehow he turns around and goes the wrong way. Have another look, see if you can see that. Blooper for all times. Now about the most famous case of misdirection in the history of football. Wrong way, Roy Regals retrieves a fumble, then rockets 60 yards to the end zone. Roy, great play, wrong way. Roy, great play, wrong way. Uh, after that event, Roy and the team, I mean, the, the crowd was in hysterics, laughing at them. And they lost all confidence. And by half time, they were losing very badly. So at half time, they troop into the, into the changing room, the UCLA changing room. All the men sit down on the benches except Roy, who goes to sit in a corner on his own, puts a towel over his head and starts crying like a child. Uh, during all this, the crowd is wondering, what's the coach going to say? The coach's name was Nibs Price. And what's Coach Price going to say was the question on everyone's mind. Now, normally during half time, the coach has a lot to say to the team. But during this half time, the coach didn't say anything. He's probably wondering, what am I going to do with Roy? How do we get out of this? Then there's a knock at the door of the changing room and the timekeeper announces, three minutes, guys, three minutes to second half. Then Coach Price looks up and says, guys, the same team that played in the first half will start the second half. No changes, no substitutes, no one's dropping out. Everybody looks at him and goes trooping out, except Roy, who stays in the corner. Coach Price goes up to Roy and puts his hand on his shoulder and says, Roy, didn't you hear me? The same team that played in the first half will start the second half. Roy takes the towel off and looks up at him. And Coach Price can see that his cheeks are streaming with the tears of a strong man. And Roy looks at Coach Price and says, how can I go out there again? I've ruined you. I've ruined myself. I've ruined the team. Didn't you hear them laughing at us? And Coach Price says, Roy, the game is only half over. Come on. Roy went out there for the second half and he played phenomenally well. He played with spirit. He played like he was on fire. He played a brilliant game. So did the team. They still lost. UCLA still lost, but not through lack of play, of good play. And in fact, Roy Regals went on to a great career. And in fact, he captained the Chicago Bears, one of the foremost teams in the US. Now, the grace of God is like Roy Regal's coach. The grace of God is like Roy Regal's coach. At times, we feel we've messed up, we want to throw in the towel, but God never gives up on us. He says to us, the game's only half over. Have another go, have another chance. I want you to. This is the gospel of grace. This is the gospel of second chances, of third chances, of fourth chances, of hundredth chances. God knows I've needed them in my life, second and third chances, and many of you have as well. 
Sometimes we can mess up continually and we just want to give up. But God just keeps on cheering us on. <clears throat> See, Jonah went the wrong way. In his case, it wasn't a case of misdirection. He deliberately went the wrong way. But God said, here's another chance, Jonah. How many times have you messed up in life? So many times, God says, the game's only half over. Let's try again. How many times have you wanted to throw in the towel and give up? So many times, God says, I will never give up on you. And how many times have you simply ignored God and gone in the wrong direction? So many times, God says, I want us to have a fresh start. Let's try again. This is the gospel of grace. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is our gospel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning that with you, we always have a second chance. We always have a third chance. And we always have a hundredth chance. That you never give up on us, even when we give up on ourselves. So Lord, just pray for people. I just pray for people now. Today, Lord, watching this, Lord, who are in a situation where they feel at the end, they feel that uh, in the depths, they feel that they need a fresh start, another chance, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that today you love us exactly as we are right now. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>